chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Anthony Franchosi, founder of the Honest Marijuana Company. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. We're excited to have you. Now, tell us about the Honest Marijuana Company. What exactly do you mean by honest? Well, we're trying to reveal what's underneath the kimono of the marijuana business. So our focus is on using sustainable, mostly plant-based organic fertilizer for our process, using no chemical fertilizers or synthetic chelators, and trying to provide the cleanest possible cannabis product from flour down to concentrates and uh, hopefully an edibles line. So the idea is it all starts from good organic flour with no pesticides or any other harmful ingredients. So kind of like the old adage, uh, you are what you eat kind of scenario, the better the input, the better the outcome. That's absolutely true. Yes. That's what we're going for. So I know, you know, from previous shows that uh, there's been a bit of a hurdle with uh, with labeling and pesticide issues that have been going on in Colorado. Uh, tell us from your point of view, what is that really surmounted to? Well, I think what's going on in the state right now is you're seeing a lot of people with valuable crops who up to this point who have had basic guidelines as far as what's acceptable for marijuana production and when you're dealing with large-scale indoor facilities or even outdoor and greenhouses, these problems are going to come up. And I think what you're seeing now is some improper techniques that are resulting in products that are highly contaminated with pesticides and other harmful substances. And unfortunately, unlike the food industry, a lot of these substances are being combusted. And so the effects of what's going on afterwards when you're consuming these products is unknown. And the industry right now is moving towards more regulation and trying to fix these problems. But I think right now there's still a lot of uh, misuse of different agricultural products, especially in, the, in our industry. Now, I'll, I'll definitely chorus what you said. It's, it's absolutely paramount that we regulate and pay attention to the things that are going into the production of. But, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, I know that has always been the activist argument is that nobody's ever died from cannabis. So exactly how bad do you think uh, pesticide issues could be? Well, the studies aren't there yet, unfortunately. Um For one product in particular, I know that's been a big issue in the state right now, Eagle 20, um, which people are using for as a fungicide, has some toxic chemicals in it that specifically when you smoke them can cause cancerous side effects. The other issues besides just what can happen to humans is all the excessive nitrogen that's water soluble that's being flushed into our water table. And in cannabis farming, Generally, we're using a lot more of this fertilizer than in uh, traditional farming. So it's an even more concentrated issue. And that's why you're seeing the dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico that spring up every year. 
And a lot of these water-soluble nitrogen fertilizers are using hydrocarbon-based resources to be created. So there's so basically all like an re- oil or something like that if it's a hydrocarbon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, and so it's kind of like if you're using, you know, you're going out to uh, spray uh, for weeds and, and things like that. You're going to mix uh, whatever it is that you have with typically like a kerosene and, and just go to town. And that's what's essentially maybe not pr- particularly that distillation of a hydrocarbon, but a form of hydrocarbon still is being used as a pesticide or fungicide. Or as a fertilizer, um, it takes a great amount of the world's natural gas production to create nitrogen fertilizers to begin with, which then destroy the microlife in your soil, which add to your necessity for pesticides because you don't have the proper beneficial microbes and whatnot in your soil to help prevent these diseases. So you're seeing issues on all ends from one, how you're creating these fertilizers and pesticides, then to the negative side effects of consuming these types of things. And then thirdly, onto the environmental side effects, which are compounding all the time. So that's really where the problem lies. And it's it starts with, you know, we're finding pesticides in the product, but when you look back at the whole process, there's a lot of things being affected. You know, and, and there's uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, studies that have been out about uh, like GMOs and obviously like products like the Roundup and how those are, you know, maybe they were underlying and you didn't see them ahead of time. And, and now we have, you know, several decades of understanding of what these things actually do to our bodies. So, you know, again, going back to that adage that, you know, cannabis never killed anybody, uh, obviously the use of, but potentially, uh, you know, all along uh, there could have been gasoline soaked brick weed that people would get that potentially could have been very, very harmful long term, maybe not short term. Obviously, getting to the purest quality and the best quality. I mean, nobody wants to go down and, and buy a, a slab of cheese that fell on the floor, got picked up, brushed off, and then packaged up. Right. Nobody wants that. And we're ingesting these things. So, obviously, the closer we are to a pure, the, the better. You know, the closer we are to uh, just a wonderfully, beautifully grown uh, product, the better off. And, and that, uh, you know, looking at your website, which is a beautiful website, by the way, uh, it, uh, you can find it honestmarijuana.com. And it's really, it's a, a wonderful journey that I'm seeing here. You actually started as a landscaper, is that correct? That's what I've been doing for my day job for the, about the past 10 years. I'm still a young guy, but this is something that I've been working on, soil conditions and f- efficient water management. Um, I focus mostly on irrigation troubleshooting and issues for all different size properties. But yeah, that's what I do, landscaping and kind of maintaining plant systems, mostly for residences, but also for some commercial places. And yeah, it's good because I get to really be involved with the soil all the time. And I, I use compost teas and things like that in my landscaping. And people are always blown away by the difference in their gardens when they switch to this kind of more organic methods. And so, yes, absolutely. That's what I do. And, and methods that honestly are, are much less impactful or harmful to our ecosystem, you know, things that would naturally occur and it's just promulgated and proliferated in, in the spaces that you're utilizing. And that is absolutely the, the types of directions, you know, honestly, humanity has to take. I mean, we're, we're doing things to our, our country, our world that uh, will be unforgivable if we don't start taking these types of steps. So kind of uh, tell me uh, – Exactly what uh, what inspired you to bridge the gap between cannabis and the, the love of the soil? 
I moved to Colorado when I was 18 from New Jersey. New Jersey has a totally different attitude than out here. Um, I've always, I used cannabis when I was a younger kid in high school for a variety of reasons, mostly for fun. But as I got older, I used it for sports injuries a lot. That's what I got my medical prescription for when I was first turned 18 in the state. And people that I was working with, I I knew I was going to be using cannabis. It's something that is part of my daily life and routine. And I was just blown away that there was an option to get my medical card. So I I did. I found the doctor. There was only a couple in the state at the time. So I'm in Steamboat Springs. I had to drive down to Denver, uh, you know, three hours or so. I got my card and I've been growing ever since. And Mixing that in with my landscaping background, a lot of the people that I've associated myself with here in Steamboat are co-workers, and we're also growing, and we've it's kind of been a village mentality to we're all kind of have always been working off each other and learning and trying to grow the best quality medicine for ourselves. And so as time went on and the legal infrastructure was put more in place, it just kind of made sense to try to offer this product to people that I feel like... I've put a lot of time and effort into. So. Absolutely. And essentially, you were able to take something that you found to be beneficial and then passionate about and, and turn that into what you do. Anthony, we got to take a quick break, ladies and okay. gentlemen. Uh, we have Anthony Franchosi, founder of the Honest Marijuana Company. We will be right back with you. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> More flavor. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. 
I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Anthony Franchosi, founder of the Honest Marijuana Company. Anthony, thank you. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, you know, basically your passion for the soil and what the soil brings and, and, and how you've bridged not only the soil, but, you know, one of our, our most beautiful and prominent plants that have been part of our existence and we're, we're hoping to be able to embrace in a, a society very, very soon. Uh, Anthony, welcome back to the show. So tell us, you're mentioning your, uh, <clears throat> your passion for the soil. Tell us what are the plans for the Honest Marijuana Company moving forward and, and what is your vision for that? My goal for the Honest Marijuana Company is to create a small batch product. We're a really small facility, I think, in the probably lower 10% size-wise in the state. And the idea is to focus on each plant, each specimen, to bring out its most honest representation of its characteristics. And the way we do that is through using the soil and the microorganisms in the soil to allow the plant to function the way that it has functioned for thousands of years like you like you said already and so this is the way that i think we come up with the most distinct flavor the most distinct representation of what the genetics are well which so many amazing breeders out there right now which are all over the place so it's a it's a really cool thing to be doing so would you say that this is is more geared for like the the home hobbyist or would you say that it's something that you'd be able to roll out onto a uh, a large platform we hope so. My the large platform will will come. I think my the the goal is to be a Stag's Leap winery rather than barefoot. I don't know how to explain that. Quality over name, quality yeah, over quality quantity. over quantity. Exactly. Um, we're we're trying to produce a connoisseur flower that will hopefully make connoisseur extracts. And my goal isn't to be the biggest company in the world by any means. The idea is just to simply provide a clean product for retail customers who can honestly know what is being put in there. And that, that's really what it's all about. So that's our goal, it's, definitely. That's a, that's a beautiful you know, uh, methodology, beautiful idea to, to encompass. I've toured several grow facilities, uh, you know, anything from you know, the size of a closet, of course, up to, right. you know, 59,000 square foot and plus. And, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll see some of these facilities that, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like walking into an Intel facility and you're walking into the clean room wearing the bunny suit, which I've had to do before. But these are, you know, they're very cognizant of, you know, any outside uh, contaminants. But what I find that, that kind of perplexes me for the most part is, is that you'll walk into these grow facilities and they'll have, you know, four or five different types of, of plants under one light. And, you know, they could be from multiple different land races, uh, you know, so their, their lighting requirements are going to differ. Their, you know, obviously their characteristics are going to differ greatly. So what would you say would be your, your answer to, you know, actually defining specific genetics and not, uh, you know, mixing during your, your cycles? I, I think that takes a lot of trial and error to really be able to do that. And I think what a lot of growers find also is that certain strains work better with them. Um, ChemDog, for example, is a strain that I've propagated for um, almost a decade, and it's one that seems to like me, I think. So depending on your methods, that can be that can differentiate. Um, one thing that I would say when you talk about land races and things like that, it, it's interesting to talk about like how the different banks of Bordeaux have different terroir, so the wines are influenced <laughs> a different way. So it'd be interesting. This is something I've looked into is maybe growing terroir-influenced 
cannabis strains based on soil types. And most what everybody focuses on is the input of the nutrients and how much and when to do it. And, but what, you know, maybe we need to incorporate more sand or more limestone to kind of bring out some different terpene flavors and profile. So I think that's really where it's going to head. And, you know, some strains you can find to be nitrogen hogs and some others. The, the light that I like to use is um, a full spectrum light emitting ceramic bulb, which for indoors, I think most represents the sun, which mm-hmm. is a full spectrum. So well, the, the sun actually, uh, the, the interesting thing about the sun is it, it changes its, its Kelvin temperatures as it passes across the, true. and so, you know, what arrives at the earth is, is constantly a shifting thing. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that I don't know that has really been fully vetted and how we can make things respond if we're able to to perfectly mimic but you know what the as far as well, like a so ceramic actually one one thing to mention on that is that these particular bulbs they fire for a flowering plant at 3100 kelvin and for a you can get one for a vegetative cycle at 4200 which is closer to that warm metal halide in the blue spectrum so that that's interesting that you mentioned that because you don't hear a lot of people talk about that is that different kelvin temperature which is color correlation temperatures i think how they refer to that so uh, that, it, that's it, very true it typically just varies based on the light source, you know, whether it's uh, a light emitting diode. Generally, that'll wind up being like a CCT um, if it's, uh, you know, more of a traditional HID, fluorescent, you know, incandescent. Then it's based on just the, the specific Kelvin temperature, you know, ba- based on Lord Kelvin's uh, lighting of a carbon filament and watching what color flame emitted from it. And that was based on the, the Kelvin temperature itself. But the CCT is is more of a blending of several different colors because, you know, like uh, some of the newer technologies just simply can't make it on their own. So they uh, rely on phosphors and things of that nature to, to be able to impregnate over and uh, bifurcate the amount of photons and, and the type of photons that are that are falling through the phosphors. But I might know a thing or two about that. But <laughs> that, Well, it sounds like it. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm Oh, in my mind. So that's awesome. Uh, if you if you right. see on my handle there, it's a lighting wizard. I gave it to myself. That's a self appointed title, just so you know on that one. But uh, so what do you? So <laughs> if you're so if you're familiar with uh, what I'm talking about, then what do you do? You have an opinion on those uh, the lightest light emitting ceramic? Bulbs? I kind of do. So I'm I'm a big fan of metal halide. I absolutely am. I'm a big fan of uh, of all light. I, I, the thing with light is there's no bad application, only bad, or there's no bad sources, only bad applications. When you think of of a traditional HID, it's it's uh, its original intent was to uh, light up streets. You know, so, you know, when we put into that paradigm, uh, the, the, what you're able to arrive with and, and with a metal halide, whether, whether it's ceramic or, or, you know, a probe start, pulse start, whatever it might be, um, there's always going to be a Kelvin shift. Um, and, and it can actually range from 600 to 800, 800 degrees in either degree of the spectrum. So it could, it could go warmer, it could go cooler, um, which is, not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a thing nonetheless. So it, it can be sporadic. I am very sold on LED. Um, I'm waiting for it to actually be ready. You know, there's there's you know too much anecdotal evidence to uh, make sure that you include your UVA, B, and C as well as your your par value. And for what I see, typically, you know, in like greenhouses, things of that nature, uh, would be that you would use supplemental, you know, for dark days, just so you can maintain a static growth canopy height, things of that nature. But Anthony, we got to take a quick break. Um, we, can, okay. we can definitely jump back into that here in a second. State of Canvas, Dave Inman, Anthony Franchosi. We'll be right back. 
Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Anthony Franchosi, founder of the Honest Marijuana Company. We've had some great discussions just about how to, you know, return to the earth, you know, come back to what Mother Nature really always had in mind. And, you know, Anthony, I'd really like to thank you for for highlighting that in particular. So, you know, I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit more about your business. I want to get uh, some plugs in for you. Obviously, the uh, the website itself is uh, honestmarijuana.com. Uh, you got some blogs up there. You got, uh, you know, tons and tons of content and, and it constantly being updated. Uh, Anthony, how else can people get in touch with you? Uh, on Instagram, we're at Honest Marijuana again. Instagram is one of my favorite ways to follow my favorite growers, my favorite breeders, stuff like that. Kind of get an inside look at what they're up to. We're on Twitter, same handle, Honest Marijuana. So you can find us online that way. We're going to be generating a lot more new content coming up soon as we kind of get everything kicked off. So uh, those are the ways to get a hold of us. You know, and, and I, I want to just dive back into that thank. You know, I, I, I would really like to thank you for, for, you know, being one of those people that uh, stands out in front of a crowd, stands for what they believe in, not willing to, or and, and is, of course, willing to speak about cannabis. Um, it, it's, 
it's a topic that can be uh, difficult for many people to simply jump in and and have those discussions. Perhaps it's easier in Colorado and probably getting easier and easier uh, everywhere else, but it's the end game in my opinion. It's one that uh, the more we speak, the, the more footholds we gain and the more freedoms we earn. Um, you know, we have a, a lot of hopeful movement uh, coming in 2016 for a lot more states. How do you, uh, how do you feel about uh, more legalization happening? I am looking forward to more legalization as far as people not having to suffer such harsh penalties for using a natural holistic plant with so many uh, spiritual healing properties. But there, there's this kind of a shifting tide in the cannabis industry, too, where it's leaning more towards this big money mentality and kind of this mentality of monocropping and producing as much as we can. And we'll make hash from whatever machine we can to get the best uh, yield and we'll flavor it with some other flavors from a different plant and we'll sell it that way. And unfortunately, there's a lot of legalization bills being passed right now, which are kind of creating that that mentality based on the way that they're giving licenses and stuff like that and we're really lucky in Colorado that they're allowing people like myself this little guy to get into it and try to compete in the marketplace and that's really the only way that the black market will ever be pushed out of this whole process I recently was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast a lot of people like Joe Rogan out there and he was in Colorado he's he's pretty great he's pretty great yeah so he's in Colorado hunting and was talking about Um, the illegal outdoor grow that he stumbled upon where they were poisoning and shooting the deer and the stuff like that. And these weren't Colorado residents. And so I think when you, uh, there are certain other bills being passed in the country where they're trying to give licenses to limited people and things like that. And their only way for the cannabis business to really thrive in the United States is to allow um, the people who do, to do yeah. the due diligence, who pay the licensing fees, who are not criminals, to so that, that's really the way it needs to be. Anyway, so there's the there's the that's the the polarizing I think battle right now in the cannabis industries between kind of those two mentalities. But I think we're headed in the right direction, and so much of the cannabis culture was born from the good guys. So. Hopefully that will continue, but that's what, those are the people we're trying to support and the way that we're trying to go about things. You know, I often uh, say on this show uh, how I, I really would like cannabis to be viewed. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I just don't want it to be unique anymore. I want it to find space where it just exists on a person's shelf or not exist. You don't you walk into a place where you may not use and they have it and it's of no consequence. It just simply is. And I think that is is probably uh, several years off before we actually get to enjoy that. Um, but ultimately, I think that's where we'll wind up, you know, parting the wheat from the chaff. And you know, there's always going to be those those people that uh, they're they're in it for the money. Um, <coughs> but often, what I'm seeing is probably, believe it or not, more of a lax approach. Um, we have a, a bill here in Arizona that uh, hopefully will get on the ballot. Uh, for legalization, and they they limit the number of retail dispensaries or the recreational dispensaries to ten percent of the liquor licenses, and that sounds preposterous uh, for a lot of people. But at the same note, when they opened their dispensaries, they had to approve I think a hundred thousand dollars of available funds, 
And for kind of a, a scale to look back, if you were to open a McDonald's franchise, this would require a proof of $750,000 in liquidity, as well as being able to purchase the franchise, build out the franchise, and be able to show and man the franchise. So, you know, it's, it's interesting when we really, really look at what regulation is and will be. I personally, you know, I'm, I'm a user. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think I have a green thumb, but uh, ultimately, you know, it's, it's probably more off green. <laughs> I can get things to happen, but, you know, I'll never be a grower. I'll be somebody that uh, is going to purchase and most likely purchase out of convenience. And, you know, it's, it's important to also remember that uh, most people probably are and that uh, the easier we make it for people to be able to get and have and not be penalized is, is probably the most efficacious approach. I, I know that, uh, you know, seeing a lot of the infighting with uh, just so many different states, just wanting to say it's, it's my way or the highway and then uh, potentially harming any kind of movement, I think it's, it's important that uh, we, we have movement forward rather than none. You know, I, I'm sorry, I kind of rambled off there a little bit. Um, <laughs> I do that no, from time I, to time. No, I agree with you completely. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all about getting it to be our coffee. And, you know, I want uh, uh, us to get our coffee in the most efficacious way, one that uh, replaces and bestows back on the earth the, the good things that should be there. And, and utilizing these types of methods that you have on, you know, your, your, what, what you do at uh, uh, Honest Marijuana. Anthony, we're just about out of time. You know, I want to I thank you again for, uh, you know, showing up on the show. Thankfully, there was no plane ticket to get here, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'd, we'd love to have you back on the show and, and dive in and find out where you're at, you know, very, very soon. And again, thank you for, you know, your time. And thank you, of course, folks, for joining us on this edition of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by joining or by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment because I don't know if you like it otherwise. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk to you next time. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.